Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. Using livestock water troughs to grow plants is a great idea. You can grow just about anything from food crops to flowers to shrubs, even small trees or bamboo. Livestock water troughs, they're also known as stock tanks. They come in various sizes and many have plugs along the side to allow for drainage. And you can always improve the drainage by drilling several one inch diameter holes in the bottom. Painting the troughs can help reflect the heat and the color can blend in better with your outdoor decor. And, of course, you can custom mix the soil for a watering trough to fit the exact needs of whatever you might be growing. For instance, you want an acidic soil for blueberries. Well, we'll have a recipe just for that today. Debbie Flower and I explore livestock water trough gardening today on Episode 108 of the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, brought to you today by Smart Pots. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. like to answer your garden questions here on the Garden Basics Podcast. We're talking with Debbie Flower, our favorite retired college horticultural professor. And we get an email from Kathy who writes in about using watering troughs or those steel horse troughs, as she puts it, for planting boxes on the south side of their house, using those instead of raised planting beds. She writes, they get pretty hot to the touch and I realize they reflect heat have you used them? Maybe you put pipe insulation around the top rim. Would you suggest painting them a light color? Have you heard any comments about their use? Any issues with plant roots baking as with black plastic pots? And then she did the fun thing of watching YouTube videos on the subject. And that's always an adventure. And uh, she says, well, and that brought up additional questions I have. Do you put wheels on the troughs? Some people do that once the troughs have soil in them. They are quite heavy and difficult to move if a person wants to move them. Should I put soil cloth on the bottom to help keep the soil in after I drill some water drain holes? Should I put styrofoam peanuts in the bottom so I don't use that much soil? Should I maybe put soil cloth on top of those styrofoam peanut fillers? And finally, potting soil with amendments and plants. How full should I put it in the trough if I want to top it with several inches of mulch? What has worked for you? Do you ever grow in troughs, Debbie? I do. I have uh, bamboo in troughs. I have three troughs. And they are on the southwest side of my house, so they get very hot. And bamboo's a, a unique plant in how it grows. So that's something to keep in mind. But I have never drilled holes in them. I just take out, there's a plug, I call it a bung, but there's a plug on the side so that the trough can be drained. I just take that out and that's my drainage point. I use drip irrigation on top. I put, filled it completely with container media uh, with a substantial amount of pumice in that media because Container media is made of organic matter. It breaks down over time, and that limits oxygen and air movement in the media. And so it can limit the plant's growth. 
Uh, again, I'm using bamboo. They're very vigorous growers if you give them water. So it's a, maybe a little bit less of an issue for my plants, but I put the pumice in there to keep some of those openings in the media uh, available for air and water to move through it. Did you paint I, those troughs? I did not paint my troughs. I did not put wheels on them. I filled them, I'd say, maybe two inches from the top, and I have noticed that they have settled since being filled. I have, I should say, one I just planted last year, uh, one I planted the year before, and the other one has been out there probably six years or so. All right. And these are on the south side of your house, so they're getting pretty warm. Yes, they get very warm. All right. And how'd the bamboo do in those? Bamboo's doing really well. The one that was planted most recently just shot up they're called combs c-u-l-m-s the stem of uh the bamboo that carries the leaves it's not a true stem uh this true stem is actually underground but they're called combs c-u-l-m-s and um, they shot up the previous plant had been maybe four feet tall and these are at least 10 feet tall so they've loved the environment and are growing very well have they escaped no good you would think they would Which find is, that one drain hole. Right. But that's on the side. Uh, and so that I would see that immediately. I have, I was just talking to a friend this morning who planted his bamboo in a wooden uh, half barrel and it has escaped and grown into the soil beneath that half barrel. Uh, so depending on what surface you're putting these troughs on, if it's on soil, that's something to consider. Are the roots going to go out the bottom and keep growing? Would that be mitigated if you raised that trough? Because I have troughs, too, and I usually raise them about four inches or so with bricks or four by fours just to have some space between the bottom of the trough and the soil below so the roots won't even want to go out the drain holes in order to find soil because they won't find any. They'll find air. Right. And air pruning is a thing. It's used in in pot design. Sometimes you see those pots with the holes all over the side. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and there are some that are that way, and they are specifically for orchids. But then there are other pots that have holes all over the side. Sometimes they're only made of plastic, which stands up only if you fill it. Uh, And that is for root pruning. Air prunes roots. Roots do not grow in air for the majority of plants. There are always exceptions in horticulture, but for the majority of plants we grow, they once those roots hit the air, they will die. And the new roots will sprout behind that dead part. Raising them would create an environment where it's just dry air, and that would prevent the roots from growing down. The bottom of the trough at least the ones I have, is actually raised up a little bit, but the sides go down to the ground. And so by setting it on the soil, you would have this nice humid environment and roots could grow in that. Mm -hmm. So you'd need to raise it up so that air can flow underneath that trough. Now, I would think, too, if you're depending on that one side hole for drainage, you would have to make sure, bring out your big level and make sure that the water is going to flow in that direction. Well, I didn't do that. You could have uh, lied I, and said you did. <laughs> I do see that my initial intention was to put them on, on wood, and I didn't have wood at the time, and we filled them. And, and as the questioner knows, they get very heavy when they're full of media, especially wet media. Um, but we did dump one out. Bamboo, when bamboo flowers, it dies. And then you get new bamboos from seed. 
and that happened to mine, <laughs> to one of mine, is that the bamboo flowered and died. And I got all these strange bamboos from seed and they were small and they were, they were, did not stand upright. They, they hung over the side of the pot and it was just not what I wanted. I'm using this trough full of bamboo to create some shade on the house and block a view from the house. And it wasn't doing that job. So we bought a new bamboo and dumped out the old, the trough with the old bamboo in it. Now what in the bamboo case, it's stems and roots of the previous bamboo that had died went all the way to the bottom. In fact, they were concentrated on the bottom of the trough uh, where the most of the moisture built up. So for bamboos, they liked that little wet spot. I use these watering troughs for blueberries because you can better control the soil mix because blueberries like a very acid soil. So mm-hmm. I used my uh, magical uh, blueberry soil mix, which isn't that magical, and everybody knows what it is, I think, by now. It consists of uh, one-third peat moss, one-third camellia rhododendron azalea potting mix, uh-huh. and one-third small bark, let's call walk-on bark. And mix the three together, throw in a handful of soil sulfur, and you you have a pH of 5.5, and the blueberries thrive in that environment now on mine i I did put one inch drain holes on the bottom about five of them and and also raised them up like i said about four inches and that made it a lot easier to put the drip irrigation tubing the quarter inch tubes up through one of the holes and drape it over the top until i filled in and then i had the tubes ready Mm -hmm. to go and put uh, little sprayers on there and and they lived happily ever after. But I also painted the stainless steel watering troughs. And for that, the best paint to get, go to a tractor supply store or a good ag supply store and get tractor paint and tractor primer. Now, the thing with tractor paint is you're limited to a few colors. There's Kubota orange. There's Ford blue. There's John Deere green. There's International Harvester Red. Uh, I think there's one more, but but I think mine are um, International Harvester Red. Okay. And that did bring down the temperature of uh, uh-huh. where the pots were. So and, and it looks nice. It blended in better with the yard as well because these these troughs were six feet long by two feet wide by three feet high. Yes, I've seen your troughs and they do look nice. I did not paint mine. And when you buy a trough... One of mine has a, a giant logo painted on the side, like it covers the whole side of of the of the trough. Uh, it's only in black, which is okay. And then they all have a sticker on them somewhere that I can't get off. Uh, that's in red, white, and blue, I think. So there there is some kind of obnoxious. It's not as pretty as as just a plain trough might be, mm. or a painted trough would be. Kathy has other questions too that that bear asking. One is putting wheels on it no <laughs> it's too heavy <laughs> you, you would want to put i don't know motorcycle wheels on it if you're right the wheels would it. have to be very big and very strong yeah yes and there's not a lot of structure on the bottom of those uh I, when i read that i thought the whole you might end up caving the center in if the wheels were attached to not the sidewalls but the bottom there's not a lot of structure under there and so it I was afraid it might actually cause the bottom of the trough to break. Yeah, it could. Now, maybe set it all on a furniture dolly. Yes, or use a pallet and put, put. Uh, they'd have to be big wheels because they have to take wheels. They're going to have to take a whole lot of weight. How, how many pounds? 
500. Actually, I like your idea. I mean, we could do pallets like you do with uh, uh, giant pumpkins. You you put the uh, pallet under the pumpkin, and then when it's harvest time, you bring in the uh, the uh, forklift forklift to <laughs> move them. Yes, you. yes. You could do that with uh, your you, troughs. Yes, you can use the pallet as the base and put the wheels under on the bottom side of the pallet. Just make sure that those wheels can handle the amount of weight. No, don't put that, wheels. Just get a just get a forklift. Well, that's for those of us who have forklifts. We, yes, we don't need the, <laughs> we don't need the the wheels. But if you do want to move them around, all my other container plants I do try to have on wheels because I do move them around, uh, even just to clean up around them, sweep out the leaves and that sort of thing. Uh, but I, I did not do it with my troughs. We're glad to have SmartPots on board supporting the Garden Basics podcast. SmartPots are the original award-winning fabric planter. They're sold worldwide. SmartPots are proudly made 100% in the USA. I'm pretty picky about who I allow to advertise on this program. My criteria, though, is, is pretty simple. It has to be a product I like, a product I use, a product I would buy again. And SmartPots clicks all those boxes. They're durable. They're reusable. SmartPots are available at independent garden centers and select Ace and True Value stores nationwide. To find a store near you, visit SmartPots.com slash Fred. It's SmartPots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to SmartPots.com slash Fred for more info and that special Farmer Fred discount on your next SmartPot purchase. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. Let's get back to our conversation with Debbie Flower about water trough gardening. Kathy also asks about putting soil cloth on the bottom to help keep the soil in after uh, she drilled some water drain holes through it. You actually tackled this question uh, very wisely on another subject I think it had to do with, uh, I forget what it had to do with, but basically it was just put a layer or two of newspaper on the bottom, and then mm -hmm. that will hold in the initial dirt in the uh, pot. And by the time it deteriorates, that soil will have coagulated to the point where it won't go flowing out the holes. Right. We really don't want layers of anything in a pot because it changes the water relations. Water takes the path of least resistance, and when the texture of whatever it is meets up with changes, the water will stop. Now, I realize she's talking about a, a piece of soil cloth right in the bottom, but drain holes are there for drainage. Yeah. <laughs> and so you want the and, – and that actually is a change in texture too. But if you put the layer of soil cloth in the bottom, the water will move down through the soil, through the, which is, is – soilless media at this point to that cloth and then it will stop and it will have to fill up the entire trough media with water before it will push out through that soil cloth. So it's, it costs money. It's made of probably oil, plastic. It's not the most environmental thing. Uh, and yes, the only reason you're going to need it is to stop that initial, uh, loose, really loose soil you're putting in initially from going out those holes. So newspaper would be a really good choice there. How many layers of newspaper would you use? Three or four. Okay. All right. It's not a lot. No, and it'll break down in a couple of months. Yes, very quickly. More than likely. All right. And then we come to the hamburger helper of potting soil, and that's styrofoam peanuts. 
And I've heard this before and I've seen people do it and I've seen tipped over planters because the bottom third was filled with styrofoam peanuts <laughs> and mm-hmm. all the soil was on top. And a wind comes along and boom, down goes the pot. And this would go back to your argument that anytime water meets a foreign substance that it isn't used to, things come to a halt. Right. So you're shortening the rooting zone by putting anything in the bottom, styrofoam, peanuts included. The only place I'm aware that that is used with any regularity uh, is the interior landscaping business. When the decorative pot is huge, deep, uh, and media costs more than the free styrofoam peanuts that came packed in, you know, some delivery box. And so, yes, you would have to put weight in the bottom of that. And then you could they could fill the void. I've heard of also using um, milk cartons, milk jugs with the lids on just to take up space. And But in interior scaping like that, typically the plant in the top is in its own pot anyway. And it has a limited root system. In this case, when you're outdoors with these quite stable uh, but quite large troughs, Take advantage of all the roots zone that you have. You're going to have healthier plants that are going to be easier to maintain if you do not put any styrofoam peanuts or anything else in part of the bottom. So basically no to the styrofoam. Yes. And something that you answered before, but let's uh, reinforce this for Kathy. She talked about, uh, well, how how much potting soil should I be putting in there if I want to mm-hmm. add several inches of mulch on top? And both of us have experienced that Perhaps a year or two after adding the original mix, that you probably had a lot of natural organic components that tended to break down, and it sank a few inches. Yes, it does do that, and that's very common in um, in any kind of container growing. She's she's wise to think about that because you you do want it's called headroom. You do want some space between the soil and the top of the pot. Initially, you want to when you water container media, you want to flood the entire surface of the container. Uh, the entire surface of that media because the media drains very well and the water goes straight down. So if you haven't gotten any water to that corner of the pot, there won't be any water in that corner of the pot. Uh, So she's very wise to think about not filling it to the tippy top, but it will shrink some inches. So yes, I I think mine shrunk probably two inches for sure. Uh, And my, my, I think my pots are, my, troughs, they're standard depths, whatever, two feet, something like that mm-hmm. deep. Uh, so that, yes, she might fill it to within an inch or two inches of the top and then p- put a little bit of mulch, probably two inches would be best, so that you have headroom and mulch room, and then it will sh- shrink some more and you can put more mulch on top over time. And that's primarily dealing with annuals. If you have a permanent crop in there, uh, such as blueberries, for example, and mm-hmm. the media is sinking, you don't want to add more mulch later on, two or three inches more, because you'd be uh, basically suffer, uh, suffocated the, the crown of that of those plants. Right. That's absolutely true. You don't want, I was thinking that, I had this picture in my head, and as, as I was saying, add more later, that yes, the, the uh, you better not put it around the trunks of things like blueberries that will suffocate from that process. Yes. Right. But if it's annuals, no big deal, because when you do the changeover, mm-hmm. go ahead and, and, and mix in uh, more compost and worm castings or, or whatever you want. Right. If you're going to use this trough uh, to plant, let's say, your vegetable garden, your mm-hmm. annual vegetable garden or your seasonal vegetable garden, then every time you take 
one crop out, you, you're going to want to dig some more nutrition and uh, organic matter of larger size into that container to refresh that media. Exactly. We talked about in one episode about uh, using old potting soil again, that one of the things that happens with old potting soil, it doesn't have much nitrogen in it, so you need to add nitrogen. So maybe right. if, if you are growing, say, summer vegetables in these troughs and they're not doing diddly, say, between October and April, why not grow a nitrogen-fixing crop in there uh, for the winter, a cover crop? Mm-hmm. Yes. So a bean of some sort or a um, vetch. Vetches. There have been studies that actually say if you grow a winter cover crop of vetch, or it might be a very late winter, very early spring cover crop, depending on where you live, because um, it needs some some warmth to grow, you can plant your tomatoes right through it and they do very well. Yeah, as long as you don't let it get out of control. Yes, it can take off. Yes. <laughs> it's a vining plant, yes. 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 But there is. are others like clovers and mm-hmm. fava beans and other things that you can grow uh, that will fix nitrogen. And the roots themselves add organic matter and uh, open up spaces for air and water. So so a cover crop's an excellent idea. So being from New Jersey, what would you use as a winter cover crop in New Jersey? We didn't grow anything. We We just let it fallow. Um, my, we always had a compost pile, not a hot one, just a lazy man's compost pile. And every spring we'd put some of that in, into the soil. If you live in an area then that isn't conducive to growing a winter cover crop, then I guess one idea might be to put a nice, fine, high quality compost in there, top it off and let the winter weather sort of let it percolate into the soil. Right. Or even um, your leaves, uh, chopped up yeah, leaves yeah. Would, would, would be very helpful. They provide the organic matter. You don't need nitrogen in winter. So the nitrogen fixing crops would fix the nitrogen or bring it into the soil during winter, but they don't give it away to other plants until they die. So they would provide fertilizer in the form of nitrogen when the plants need it in the spring. An organic matter breakdown, same thing. You're not going to get a lot of nitrogen out of it. But what you do get will be available after it's broken down, and that'll be in the spring. I'm a big fan of of using oak leaves now. I even went out and bought a mulching lawnmower. I don't have a lawn. Uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> So what do you do? Well, wait, wait, it's easy with, with, with oak leaves. Uh, you just pile them up and then uh, run them over with the mulching mower. And that okay. grind, grinds them up. A lot smaller than what I was doing, which was putting them in a metal trash can and then sticking my weed whacker down in there and grinding them up that way. Uh, that that was it, it works, but it's not as efficient as a mulching mower going over it and grinding it up. Okay. We, we don't have a lawn that we mow either, uh, but we did get one of those. Um, you've talked to the vendor. Uh, it you, it's, looks like a blower, a lawn blower, but it yeah. sucks. It's a vacuum. Yeah, a va- vacuum yeah. sack, yes. And it grinds the leaves, right. and and uh, then I use that. And, and it's I haven't compared it in size to other ways of mulching the leaves, but it was a nice, fairly small size. You couldn't recognize the leaf. You didn't know it was oak leaves when you looked at it. So it's shredded up enough that it doesn't look like an oak leaf. And so that was a really good size to put on the garden over the winter. Exactly. If you have uh, just whole oak leaves sitting on your garden bed for the winter, uh, it takes them too long to break down. They probably won't break down and they might create an anaerobic environment. Right. Same with lawn clippings. Mm -hmm. Lawn clippings fresh off the lawn 
Uh, if you just pile them up, they will create a, an anaerobic environment and water will just shed off at the top. You, you can't use them fresh as mulch in the garden. Right. Anaerobic meaning that air and water can't get into the soil and soil, by the way, needs air and water. Right. So, Roots need air and water. Yes. So the smaller you get those oak leaf pieces, uh, the quicker it can get to the job of feeding the soil, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And preventing reeds, weeds from germinating, that kind of thing. Boy, that was a long answer to uh, talking about growing in, in watering troughs or horse troughs, but well worth it. More and more people are using them. And I think it's a fine idea. I agree. It's It expands your gardening space. Debbie Flower, thanks for your help on this. Thank you, Fred. The Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast has a lot of information posted at each episode, transcripts, links to any products or books mentioned during the show, and other helpful links for even more information. Plus, you can listen to just the portions of the show that interest you. It's been divided into easily accessible chapters, and you're going to find more information about how to get in touch with us. You can leave an audio question without making a phone call. You do it via SpeakPipe. Go to speakpipe.com slash garden basics. It's easy. Give it a try. If you're listening to us via Apple Podcasts, put your question in the ratings and review section. You can text us questions and pictures or leave us your question at 916-292-8964. That's 916-292-8964. And you can email us, fred at farmerfred.com. And please tell us where you're from, because that'll help us greatly accurately answer your garden questions. Because after all, all gardening is local. In the show notes, you'll find links to all our social media outlets. That includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also, you'll find a link to the farmerfred.com website. And thanks for listening. Recently, I was talking about citrus trees with fruit tree expert Ed Livo, and I was mentioning my citrus trees that I have planted on a slope. I thought that was a good idea. He, though, offered some warnings about planting citrus on slopes. I have found I have been having good luck with my row of citrus trees because they're on a slope, so there's no chance of standing water. Well, I, I'll tell you what, um, th- that can work you know, some, in your favor sometimes. I um, I was down in uh, Los Gatos. I was doing some consultation work a couple of years ago um, in this very beautiful home down there. And they had all their fruit trees planted on the side of a very steep slope. Okay. And they said, oh, well, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, the drainage is good because we've got them planted on a slope. Well, this is California, and a a lot of times the lay of the land, the actual contour of the land runs against the slope. And sure enough, when I started to take core samples out of their fruit tree areas in the side of the hill, what did I find? Mud? Giant mud pockets. Yeah, Yeah, their trees were suffering. And so what we decided to do, because these trees were older um, and they'd been struggling. They just never th- thrived. We decided to run drain channels mm-hmm. into the side of the hill, at large pipes that actually allowed the water to drain out. Um, I don't know whether that worked or not, because I really my advice to them was you should start over and terrace out wow. the side of your hill and then put raised beds on the side of the hill. That was my recommendation.
Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday and is brought to you by Smart Pots. It's available just about anywhere, and that includes Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And for Northern California gardeners, it's the Green Acres Garden Podcast with Farmer Fred. It's available also wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and leaving comments. And thanks for listening.